Thank you for listening to The Rabbit Hole, a podcast about supernatural and paranormal phenomena. Uh, my name is Isaac Mosqueda, and this is the first episode, so thank you for uh, downloading this or listening to us. Um, I'm going to start off uh, talking about UFOs today, and I'm going to do that at the very beginning. Um, I'm going to actually try and take a historical look at it uh, in order to just prove that it has been going on before Roswell, or at least look into the evidence that it has been going on prior to the Roswell crash, uh, which seems to be a really... uh, like the most important uh, UFO incident in um, American history, at least, and maybe the most uh, recognizable UFO incident uh, worldwide. Um, but let's get started. Uh, so I'm going to just go over a couple of old UFO sightings that took place, uh, some of them in the Roman in Roman times. Now, we could go back to Egypt and Egyptian times. A lot of those are... Uh, based on hieroglyphics or uh, some of the artwork that's inside it of you know temples and pyramids, I don't want to get into that because I don't have a lot of uh, expertise in that subject. So I'm going to save that for hopefully somebody that can come on and uh, give me a uh, a little rundown of what they think might uh, might be behind all that. Uh, but. I like to start with the Roman uh, Empire because, well, I've kind of got like a, I do, I am interested in uh, the Roman Empire. I I really like it. Uh, It's a very uh, historical favorite time of mine. Uh, It's a, and the records of that time are very good too. So let's start with uh, one that took place in Rome. Uh, which is a very, I mean, this is just one from 214 BC, and this is just actually took place in, in Rome. Um, and it was written down by someone by the name of Livy, who is a historian, um, like a Roman historian and a scribe. So it's, he wasn't a, uh, some madman who was used to writing down crazy stuff. Uh, he's, these are all, a lot of these uh, Roman historical, uh, a lot of these Roman sightings were written by historians. So we usually treat their words as a uh, fact. However, we do sometimes, I guess, uh, omit certain things that don't fit in with our uh, little worldview there, Uh, like not talking about how some of them talked about UFOs, you know, or wrote down about UFOs. Like, please don't leave that out of history books. I didn't know about this until I actually looked for it because I was very curious as to what preceded Roswell. Um, So uh, anyway, that happened in 214 BC. So we got a 214 BC sighting of UFOs by a historian. Um, once again, I'd like, or uh, I'd like to actually also let people know that you know we're, we're dealing with human beings. Even though this is taking place a long time ago, these human beings are not any different from us. We uh, have the same faculties. We can observe the same way. They don't have worse eyesight than we do. Uh, 
They were probably more familiar with the constellations and planets in the sky than we are, because uh, a lot of their religions revolved around it and a lot of their stories revolved around it. So I would say they have a better eye for the sky than a lot of modern day people do, uh, which makes me think they're a little more uh, reliable sources. So anyway, uh, we have one in 74 BC, again, by Plutarch. Um another historian now this was at a battle which is very interesting because you would think that ufos or extraterrestrials wouldn't have anything to do with our primitive battles or human battles or human uh conflicts but when you really look into it you kind of see that there has been a lot of coincidences where ufos have intervened in battle or made their presence known which is very strange because it does lend credence to this idea that uh, that extraterrestrials have been influencing our our history. Um, so that is is very different. It's, it's very strange. So let me just read to you a little bit about this uh, about what Plutarch says about this battle uh, that is about that was about to begin um, when suddenly the sky burst asunder and a huge flame-like body was seen to fall between the two armies. In shape, it was most like a wine jar and in color like molten silver. So we've, <laughs> we've got a, uh, seems like a giant fallen UFO uh, in the shape of a wine jar. Now it's kind of like an ovalish round shape. I'm sure you've seen them. Um, you know, pulled out of like shipwrecks and stuff like that, the old school wine jars. Uh, but, you know, it was silver. So this was reported by both of the armies um, and no one really talks about this. I don't see this brought up in any military uh, history classes about uh, battles. Nobody really talks about how what happens if a UFO just happens to suddenly fall from the sky uh, looking like molten silver and lands in between the armies. You know, it's, uh, it's something that's it's very interesting, to say the least. Uh, then we also have a 66 BC sighting by Pliny the Elder, a very famous uh, Roman uh, author and philosopher. He's pretty much a jack-of-all-trades, and he was a friend of the emperor. So we're not talking about just some random dude that uh, wanted to write something. Anyway, he describes a spark that fell to earth, becoming as large as the moon, and then returned to the sky. Now, that is very strange, because we know these people know what comics, comets are and meteorites and, and, and things that fall to the ground. They've seen things fall to the ground. They've seen things fall from the sky to the ground. This is different. And the fact that he wanted to write this down, that he wanted people to know about it, means that it was strange and important to him. And we're just going to... Uh, it's just another story of ignoring historical events that were, you know, recorded by by sources we know as... Sources that we, 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 we deem to be truthful. Um, we celebrate some of these guys, you know. Uh, there's a beer named after Pliny the Elder for, for you know. Jeez. <laughs> uh, but they're not, 
just some guy off the street. You know, this is somebody, not somebody that's trying to name him, make a name for himself based on that either. You know, he wasn't Pliny the Elder, the UFO seer. He was, he was many, many things. And he decided to write this down because this was really important and weird. Uh, now we have a, a sighting in 70 BC of, in Jerusalem of a bright light over the temple in Jerusalem. And uh, then on a later day, there appeared in the air a whole over the whole country, chariots and armed troops coursing through the clouds surrounding the cities. I mean, this is... <laughs> it is very strange that we just don't talk about these things. And we write them off as 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 side stories not really incorporating them into our real history uh or at least the history that's taught in the school in schools so it's just very strange uh these events taking place and and nobody's nobody's ever examining them from the modern day perspective uh they're written off they're definitely written off they're they're not looked upon they're not talked about uh, here's a very interesting one. So in 776, uh, this is in Francia, and the Saxons were besieging Sigeberg Castle. Now, so we have an army sieging a castle. Now, while this ha- is happening, a craft bearing the likeness of two large flaming shields, reddish in color, floating overhead, thus frightening off the invaders. So... <laughs> We have a UFO defending a castle and successfully repelling the invaders who are laying, who are laying siege on it. So, we, it's like this is such a great story. I mean, you could, uh, you could definitely make a movie about something like this. And there's also, you can see that this castle was not uh, destroyed. And why would the army run away? You know, if they were scared of a UFO in the sky that clearly wanted this castle to stay safe. Now, why? We'll never know because we don't even bother to examine these things. And perhaps they were examined by by people that are interested in the UFO phenomenon uh, and have some sort of uh, government... Uh, affiliation but they would never tell us anything about that anyway and if they did come up with something which is quite disappointing to think that even something an event that happened you know hundreds and hundreds of years ago could be still uh too taboo to speak of or that a gag order would be still placed on it um but anyway i mean that's not the times that we live in now, it's pretty much, uh, it's the way thing, a lot of things are. Um, and here's another one, 815 in Francia again. Now, this is Francia, which is France, but back then it was Francia because it was, wasn't a country yet. It was still part of the Roman Empire. Uh, so we have a certain region called Magonia from whence come ships in the clouds. And three men and a woman who said they'd fallen from these same ships were going to be stoned to death, but the archbishop there prevented it. Now, it could be three people that were just 
actually it's three men and a woman so it could be four people that were just joking maybe they were drunk and they saw that uh you know there were some things inside and they said that we we fell out of it but the idea of somebody putting their life on the line back then when they were burning witches and uh anybody else that had been accused of any paranormal or what they considered demonic activity uh that they would offer themselves up as as real life witches or demons that fell from the sky uh, is is strange. You know, they might have been physically different, and therefore they could tell who were these people, who these people were that fell from the sky. We'll never know because uh, there's no drawings of them or pictures of them. But it is very strange to me that you know the archbishop just mentions, "Hey, yeah, I." I saved four people from getting stoned to death. Uh, by the way, there was a bunch of ships in the skies too. They said they fell from them. You know, that's a it's a huge story uh, <laughs> that you know would seems to let us know that maybe there was a, a aliens that came out of these ships, or maybe one crashed, and or maybe somebody had a problem. Who knows? All we know is that. Uh, this was recorded by somebody, by a person uh, who didn't seem to do this in a salacious fashion. Like it wasn't a, uh, a juicy story that he wanted to tell everyone. He was just some archbishop and he was just describing what happened and how he prevented the death of perhaps four aliens. Uh, I guess, you know, it's like that is so crazy. Uh, then we go back to the, then we get up to our 1561 Nuremberg uh, incident, uh, which is actually uh, you know if you look at the news, there's a newspaper article from that day that has it written down. There's a picture of what happened in the in the sky, uh, crosses, spheres, all sorts of amazing, uh, amazing things that they witnessed that day. So. You know, I mean, I don't know what to say about that. The the, the Nuremberg one's been described and uh, shown many times, uh, which is which is awesome. But uh, it's overlooked as perhaps uh, a meteor shower or uh, mass hallucination. I mean, it is so strange that you could have a newspaper article written about this. You could have a, a painting about it. You have so many multiple witnesses, and it could it's still written off by a lot of historians. Most of them. I, I would say like 99% of them. Obviously, they're not going to say, it. yeah, it was a UFO battle above the skies of, of Nuremberg. But, you know... When so many people say that that's what they witness, you've kind of got to give something. You know, you at least have to say you don't know instead of writing it off as something that that wasn't that didn't happen. Um, you know, it's a, a detailed account. I'll read uh, some of it to you. A lot of it gets into, uh, you got to remember these really religious people. So there's a lot of mention of God and, and heaven and stuff because they didn't know what was going on. And, uh, they assumed it was a religious event, uh, that 
God was showing them something or wanted to to show them something. Um, but just a real quick account of what happened. Um, in the morning of April 14, 1561, at daybreak, between 4 and 5 a.m., a dreadful apparition occurred on the sun, and then this was seen in Nuremberg in the city, before the gates, and in the country, by many men and women. At first there appeared in the middle of the sun two blood-red semicircular arcs, just like the moon in its last quarter. And in the sun, above and below, on both sides, the color was blood. There stood a brown ball of partly dull, partly black ferrous color. Likewise, there stood on both sides as a torus about the sun, such blood-red ones and other balls in large number, about three in a line and four in a square, also some alone. In between these globes, there were visible a few blood-red crosses, between which there were blood-red strips becoming thicker to the rear and in the front, malleable like the rods of reed grass, which were intermingled among the them two big rods, one on the right, the other to the left, and within the small and big rods there were three, also four, and more globes. These all started to fight amongst themselves, so that the globes, which were first in the sun, flew out to the ones standing on both sides. Thereafter, the globes standing on the outside sun and the small and large rods flew into the sun. So this goes on and basically describes a back and forth between uh, the globes and the crosses. Uh, And in the end, it seems like one of them, like a bunch of them fell to the ground and just burned. So... They saw a UFO battle where UFOs were destroyed and fell to the ground and burned. You know, this is not... Uh, I saw a spark in the sky and it landed and came went back up. Where we saw some, some ships flow, fly by in the sky. This was a real battle taking place over Nuremberg. Now, we've... We've had a story about uh, aliens intervening in, in human battles, but this is like one of the first of actual just a battle in the sky uh, between aliens or UFOs or unidentified objects, whatever you want to call them. We have what looks like a battle to people taking place and, uh, you know, things falling down from the sky and burning. So... I would say that this is one of the best uh, accounts because it's so recent. I know there's some Indian accounts from India uh, in their ancient, uh, you know, religious texts that also describe uh, extraterrestrial battles or could describe extraterrestrial battles. Uh, those were much older than this, obviously. But this is just such damning evidence to people who say that there was there's no such thing as UFOs or that people seeing them are crazy. I mean, this is a very well, very descriptive and and well-documented event. I mean, you got lots of people that saw this, the whole city and the towns, the country around, the countryside around it. So this was a really big deal. And then in 1566, just a couple years later, we have something that happens again, and this time in Switzerland. So, and that one was actually... uh, Instead of painted, they didn't, like, illustrate this uh, scene. They uh, carved it into wood, which was a... You can see all the spheres. Once again, we have reports of spheres. So if this was a... This might have been another battle. Uh, This might have just been, who knows, reinforcements? We don't know. (laughs) Uh, But we do know that it was something, and it was extraterrestrial. These were not man-made... Things. These were not military aircraft, obviously. This is way before that. Uh, so, you know, we can't... Obviously, you can't 
exclude mass hallucinations, but I feel like even the idea of a mass hallucination is uh, made up. I don't believe that they really do take place. I believe mass hallucinations are a way to write off and ignore just countless witness events. And, you know, that's just what they are. Uh, So you have all these accounts of, uh, you know, strange objects. Uh, 1595, we have another attack uh, where versus the Ottoman Empire of a bizarre comet that appeared in the city, staying pinned on the sky and shining over the Wallachian camp. Reportedly, it stayed there for about two hours before vanishing. Um, We have just so many uh, recorded events. And it's just so strange that we just ignore them constantly. But anyway, I don't want to... uh, overload uh, this episode with um, just pointless or just uh, me talking about all these things I don't want to uh, drone on and on I actually want to make a point (laughs) so I want to in this episode I hope you guys understood that I was just trying to lay down a base uh, for the idea or the the thought that there that these things could be real, that UFOs might have influenced history uh, by putting themselves into into battle by by affecting the outcomes of battles or just by appearing uh, by guiding people. Uh, there's a lot of uh, UFO reports from sailors that said that they guided them to shore. So, you know, we have some of them being friendly, some of them seemingly friendly, some of them seemingly uh, in battle with each other, uh, some of them seem to be in distress. Either way, we have a sign that they are intelligently controlled and that uh, they have been around for a very, very long time. Uh, In my next uh, podcast, I'm going to go a little deeper into the UFO uh, phenomenon, and I'm going to uh, talk about some of feudal Japan and China. Uh, Now, we're not too really sure what Romans thought about UFOs, or what, I mean, they obviously thought they were signs from the gods. I do not think we have very many uh, ancient Romans thinking that, uh, these were actually extraterrestrials, but who knows? Uh, I have a feeling that a lot of uh, of these encounters and these sightings are specifically not publicized or brought forth because they're controversial. Uh, like the Nuremberg case has evidence. Uh, that's been around for a long time. There's a painting, uh, the one from the one with the woodcut a couple years later has a woodcut. He's got evidence right there. So we have a, and then, you know, Pliny the Elder, all his writings are available. 
you know, Plutarch. They're just, these are people that, that wrote so many things that, that we, uh, there, it would be hard, it would be hard for historians to go in there, pick out that thing and not let anybody else see it. Now, there's less known writings that I think could have even more amazing stories that historians will just not bother to translate or keep in the bottom of a museum, uh, such as the Smithsonian, and uh, never talk about it or never let it see the light of day, therefore, you know, kind of limiting our evidence. Now... I'm not going to get into conspiracy theories about why I think they would do that or why I think extraterrestrials are here because I don't know and I don't claim to know. Um, all I want to do is go over the evidence. Uh, I want to talk about it and uh, hopefully uh, get us a little closer to the truth and uh, a little closer to real acknowledgement and research into this. Uh, I'm kind of getting tired of NASA saying... You know, these are asteroids, these are shooting stars, these are gas, these are <laughs> mass hallucinations, these are crazy people. You know, these... Or turning off the camera when it sees something that it shouldn't on the space station. There's so many things that happen that they want us to ignore. And it's a, it's a real shame because I feel like that is part of human nature is to be curious and to want to know why things happen. And, and, and you have... Organizations that are just not really uh, taking that seriously. Anyway, um, I hope you guys enjoyed this show and this program, and I will uh, hopefully uh, get uh, some feedback from you and and, and let me know uh, how I could improve the show. Uh, If you have any questions or, uh, you know, any ideas for topics I should cover? Uh, any more ancient uh, UFO sightings that might be written down or interesting to you? Uh, let me know about them. And um, I'll, I guess I'll uh, see you guys next time. Uh, talk to you guys next time when uh, I put up the next, next podcast, hopefully in a couple days. Uh, and uh, remember uh, to uh, keep wondering what's out there. Uh, Have a good day. Bye.